All right, let's take our Bibles and we're going to turn to the book of Matthew this morning. Matthew 7. We've been on Sunday evenings uh, looking at the Sermon on the Mount that's laid out in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And that's been going on on Sunday evenings and it's been a blessing as we've walked through uh, these chapters and learned some lessons about the life of a disciple of Christ and what the Lord expects from us. But as I've mentioned now a couple of times, uh, Lord willing, next Sunday evening, I'll be starting a series on the Christian home, the family, what the Bible says uh, about how we can really have stronger homes, stronger families and relationships in that way. And so as part of that, uh, we're going to have to finish up our, our study on the Sermon on the Mount. And so uh, over the next couple of Sunday mornings, we're going to be looking uh, at... Uh, these messages out of here. Uh, we will once again this evening and then probably finish it up next Sunday morning. But Jesus here is he's kind of uh, wrapping up the uh, lesson on discipleship. Uh, last Sunday night we looked at the subject of judgment and the judgment of a Christian. But this morning we're going to pick it up in verse 7. I'll let you remain seated as we read beginning in verse 7 and down through verse 12 this morning. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil... Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let's have a word of prayer this morning. Father, I pray that over these next few moments as we look into your word and we find the truth that you have for us, uh, Lord, would you just help us to understand your word, but also to take it seriously and to apply it in our lives. Help us to be uh, not a prayerless people, but a prayerful people, and help us to believe your, your truth and what you've given to us today. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I think if we were to do a survey among Christians, we would probably find that most of us would have to admit that one area that could use some strengthening and some help uh, would be in relation to our prayer lives. Uh, it's, it's a fairly common situation that we find ourselves in where we know that we ought to pray, we know that we, we, we need to have uh, not just a, a, a brief time of prayer in the morning perhaps, but actually a continual fellowship and communication with God, that we ought to be talking with the Lord throughout the day, that we ought to be bringing our requests before Him and, and praying to Him. And yet I find that one of the things that I default to is when a problem arises in my life, usually the first thing I resort to is my own wisdom and understanding. How can I figure this out? How can I solve this problem, right? And now there's not necessarily anything totally wrong with that because obviously the Lord is the one who gives us wisdom and we ought to use the wisdom that God has given. However, that ought not to be our first 
resort. What does the Bible say in uh, Philippians chapter 4? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Proverbs 3 tells us that we are not to lean on our own understanding. We are to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways. And yet, quite honestly, as, as Christians, and I think part of this has to do with the fact that we're Americans, and we kind of have a lot of resources at our disposal, and we've got that can-do spirit, we just kind of default to, what can I do to solve my need or my problem, and how can I figure this out? And sometimes, even for Christian people, to pray and seek the Lord is actually one of the last things that we do. When we've exhausted all of our other options, I guess all I can do is pray. Now, I, I want you to know that, that that mindset, that thought, all I can do is pray, is a pretty backwards mindset from a biblical perspective. All you can do is pray. All I can do is access the very throne of God, the one who is in control of the universe. All I can do is talk to my Father, who is in control of everything, and make my needs known unto him. That's all I can do. Well, that's an awful lot. And the Bible tells us in James that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In other words, it, 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 it is effective. It, it changes things. It, it works things out for good. And I think most of us would probably admit that we believe in prayer. We believe that God answers prayer. We believe that, that, they're, they're, that it makes a difference to pray, but that, that belief oftentimes I think doesn't go much farther than a head knowledge. We, we believe it, we accept it as fact, but it doesn't necessarily influence and affect our lives. I heard a, uh, a testimony of a, uh, a Christian that came from China many years ago and visited the United States. And when he got back to China, uh, some of his friends there asked him, uh, you know, what, what impressed you most about the United States of America? And he said, what impressed me most is how much Americans can get done without God. It isn't that true, really, about the way... I mean, we, we can get a lot of things done. We can do an awful lot in the strength of our flesh. But, folks, we need to understand that there is nothing that we can do of eternal value without God. And we need Him more than we realize we do. And so why is it that we don't automatically default to prayer? I'm going to say a couple of things that you may disagree with, but I think you'll have to admit that they're true. Number one, we may not pray because we don't really believe it makes a difference. We don't pray because we don't really believe it makes a difference. I've said it before that if the, the, what you actually believe will be proven through your actions. And if we really believe what the Bible says about prayer, as for instance, God said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Or the many promises that God has said, if you'll pray and ask, it will be done for you according to my will. Uh, it's as good as done. If we really believe that, would that not influence us and affect us to the point where that would be the very first thing we would do was ask God? I believe that we probably don't really believe it like we think we do. Or, the other reason that I think we don't pray sometimes is because we do not really believe 
that God always has our best interest at heart. Tell me you've never thought that, don't tell me, but be honest with yourself. Have you ever thought this way? If I give this over to God and ask Him to do whatever He wants to do with this, He might not do what I think He should do. You know, if I really pray and trust God with this, He might not answer in the way that I want Him to answer. Therefore, I'm going to try to just figure this out on my own. Has anyone else sinned like that like I have? <laughs> yes, I know we have. That's what we, that's what we do, right? I, I mean, how can I, you know, what if, this is something I really truly desire, but what if it's not what God wants for me? Friend, if we really believe what the Bible says, if it's not what God wants for us, it's not what's best for us. And even if it is something that we desire, we may not realize that there is a, something that God has for us that's better, and maybe He would even deny our request because He loves us and cares about us. And so Jesus here is really a, a, appealing to His people and saying, listen, you need to pray. But notice He gives this promise here in verse number 7. He says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now folks, I, I want to say to you that this, these verses are every bit as inspired as the rest of the Bible. This is God's word. Uh, this is just as true as John 3.16, Right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Or Romans 10.13 For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Both they're, they're in the same Bible written by the same God. Now many of us here have taken that promise of salvation and we have staked our eternal souls on that. I mean, I am banking on the fact that what God said about salvation is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Ephesians 2 tells us that it's not by works, uh, but, but by grace that we're saved through faith. Titus 3 and verse 5 says that it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. And I am here today as a man standing before you who is ready to enter eternity whenever God decides that my time here on earth is up. I'm ready. But I am not hedging my bets. I'm, I'm not saying, okay, I'll believe in Jesus and, 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 and I've, I've accepted uh, His salvation, but I also you know, want to make sure all my bases are covered. So uh, I got baptized and I went through some religious rites in a church and, and, I, and I'm trying to do all these things in hopes that if what God said about salvation is not true, that somehow I can make up for it in other ways. Uh, that's not me. Listen, if, if what God says about salvation is untrue, then I am hopeless. Because my only hope, my very foundation, is the blood of Jesus Christ that He shed to pay for my sins, and I have simply taken God at His word. I have believed what He said, that, that, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. And I stand before you today with absolute 100% confidence that when I die, I will go to heaven, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus did. And I'm trusting in that and that alone. And I know that many of you could testify to the very same thing. I am trusting in Jesus alone, and I'm confident I rest easy at night because I know that God is always true to His Word. However, if I believe that so much that I can stake my eternal soul on the Word of God, then why is it when it comes to other passages of Scripture, I question and doubt? I wonder, well, I mean, Jesus said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. But, you know, there have been times I prayed for something and it didn't come to pass. So that must not mean what it seems to say. Listen, God either said it or he didn't. And the promise is, and we can trust him. If we will ask, he will give it. Let's go over to John chapter 15. John 15. We've spent some time in John 15 in the last uh, few weeks as we've considered this subject of abiding in Christ. And that's the, uh, the theme of John 15. But look with me, if you would, at verse 16. John 15, verse 16. He says, "...ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Listen to this. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Wow. Whatever I ask, he gives. Whatever I ask. 1 John 4, and we won't take the time to go there, or 5 rather, tells us that, uh, that, that we know that whatever we ask... He hears us, and if He hears us, we have the petitions that we desire of Him. And I could take you to so many other places in the New Testament where God says, if you'll just pray, I will answer. And so if we really believe that to be true, why are we not praying? Why do we not pray in faith? Why do we not come to the Lord and say, Lord, this is an area of need in my life. Uh, there, there, there's a... There's a need that I have. Lord, I need wisdom, for instance, to raise my children for the glory of God. I need you to guide me. I need you to help me. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him, James 1.5. Or maybe you've got a financial need in your life, and the first place you run is to the credit card or to the banker or trying to work more and, and, and earn more so that you can have more. And God says, hey, I'm here, just pray and ask. Or maybe you say, well, you know, I really want to see fruit in my life as a, as a servant of the Lord. I, I really want to be able to lead others to Christ, and I've never been able to experience that, but it's something I really desire. Uh, let me tell you something, you would do a whole lot better going to God and saying, Lord, I believe this is something you want for me, and I'm asking you to give me fruit, you do a lot better than just trying to take a bunch of personal evangelism classes and see how you can do better, uh, give a better sales pitch. I'm just telling you, God answers prayer. And if we believe that, it ought to influence us. It ought to change the way our outlook on life. This is really a call 
to us to say, listen, ye have not because ye ask not. Pray, seek the Lord, seek His face. You have a need, seek the Lord, seek His face. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Now, I understand that there are times that we may ask for something from God and God does not necessarily answer in the way that we would like to see Him answer. That is a reality. Uh, I have never prayed for a Lamborghini, but I'm pretty confident that if I did, I mean, God could provide, maybe, maybe I ought to pray for it, I don't know, but, uh, but I'm pretty confident that, that that wouldn't be answered in the way that I think it would be, or would want it to be. However, the truth is that when we pray and we talk to God, we are not talking to a genie who has the ability to just grant us our wishes. We are talking to our Heavenly Father who is infinitely wise and always working for our good. And for every one of you who has children, you know that there are times that your child may want something that is not good for them. I have a couple of boys, I won't say which ones, that would love for their dad to buy them a dirt bike or a four-wheeler or something like that. Now, not only would that be not good for their dad, <laughs> but that wouldn't necessarily be good for them because there's a lot of dangers associated with it until they can learn some responsibility and, and that kind of thing. I don't want to trust them with that because I know that something they desire may be detrimental to them and therefore I may withhold something from them. Something that they even want, but I know that it's not best. Do you know that God sometimes will withhold things from us that we desire, but they are not what is best for us? They are not... If the Lord did give us that request, it would not be for our benefit and for our good. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Psalms. Psalm 84. Psalms 84. And look with me, if you would, at verse number 11. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from, him, from them that walk uprightly. It doesn't say that he will not withhold anything. It says that he will not withhold good things. And so as we consider this, yes, there is a promise that God will hear and he will answer and we can be confident in that. We can trust in that. But as we go back to the book of Matthew, I want to show you that he really appeals to us based upon the character and nature of a loving Heavenly Father. He tries to give us this understanding that it's uh, Matthew chapter 7, that, uh, th that he that we can trust him to always give to us that which is good 
and necessary in our lives. Look at verse number 9 of chapter 7. It says, Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Now this is a a really important question. Again, I, I love the fact that he is speaking to fathers because parents know how much that we love our children, don't we? In fact, most parents desire to be able to give to our kids things that we don't have the resources to be able to do. But we, we, just, we love our kids, we want to bless our kids, we want to do good to them, we want our kids to have a good life. And there is a part of a father with which, notice he says that if his son asks bread, there's part of a father or of a mother that if your child comes to you and says, hey, I'm hungry, please feed me. I mean, there's just a part of your heart that it just touches. I, I mean, I need, I need to feed this kid. In fact, it might even make you feel like, man, am I not doing enough to make sure that they're not going hungry, you know? Am I not feeding them enough? Am I, whatever, right? We, we start thinking that way because we want to make sure our kids are healthy and, and, and taken care of. But if we, being evil, being the sinners that we are, if we know how to care for our children, he says, how much more? How much more the Heavenly Father, who in Him there is no evil, there is no wickedness, there is no sin in God, but He looks down on us as His children, and just as a father pities his children, the Bible says the Lord pities those that fear Him. And He cares about us. And if we have a need and we come to Him with that need, the Bible says He will answer because He knows how to give good gifts unto His children. In fact, I want you to know that every good thing in your life has come from God. James chapter 1 and verse number 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If you have anything good in your life, you can know it's because God has been good to you. And if you know that God has been good to you, and you know that there there is no good thing that He will withhold from you, you ought to be able to go to Him and pray and say, Father, I have a need. And trust that He will answer. And oh, by the way, if that prayer seemingly goes unanswered, or if that prayer is answered in a different way than we may have envisioned, we can be sure that it was given to us by a loving Father who knows what is best. Notice he does say, if your son asks bread, would you give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? The answer to that's obvious. There's not a, a good parent anywhere in the world, very few uh, that could even call, try to call themselves parents that would even think of doing such a thing, right? If your child asks for bread, you're, you're, you're going to give them bread. If they ask for fish, you're going to give them fish. However, 
if they ask for candy, you might give them bread. Right? I mean, we've had that, that happen several times, you know, late at night before bed. Hey, can we have ice cream? No. But if you're hungry, you can make a piece of toast. Okay? We don't want you going to bed on, a, on an empty stomach, but we're not going to feed you a bunch of sugar before bed either. Why? Not because we don't want our children to enjoy ice cream once in a while, but we know that that's not what is best for them. And so when we pray, we can pray with this confidence. God's going to hear. He's going to answer. There is power in my prayer. And if I am yielded to Him and trusting Him, I can be sure that He will answer according to what is best. So you may pray, for instance, that the Lord will help you to learn to depend on Him. And you might find that He sends illness your way. You might pray that the Lord would bless you with patience and He might send a difficult co-worker your way. You might pray that the Lord would teach you to be more prayerful and He might send a burden or a trial that keeps you up at night and on your knees. I'm just saying that God doesn't always answer in exactly the way that we would like to see Him answer, but He always answers according to our need. And He said, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. And then I want you to notice, right tucked in at the very end of this teaching on prayer, he says, therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Maybe you've read that before and thought, well, that verse doesn't necessarily go with the previous verses. The previous verses were talking about prayer, and now this is talking about how we should treat other people. But notice that word, therefore that ties this together based on the truth that you've just heard, now this is how you are supposed to respond, right? So what does doing unto others as we would have them do to us, what does that have to do with our prayer life? Well, both of these things are predicated on an understanding of who God is. I am to pray with confidence because God is good and He gives good things. And oh, by the way, as a disciple of Christ, I am to be like Him. Therefore, if my God, whom I serve and who I am supposed to uh, be a, a testimony of and, and a witness of His goodness, if that's who He is, then that's how I ought to be. I ought to be looking to bless. I ought to be looking to help and to show kindness and love to others. Go back just a page or two to chapter 5. And notice here in, um, in chapter 5, he says in verse number 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Verse number 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Look down a little bit further. And uh, verse number 
43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. What is this saying? There's a teaching throughout the scriptures that says, the way that you live ought to be because this is how your Father is. You should seek to be a peacemaker because your Heavenly Father is a peacemaker. Uh, you should love your enemies because God loves and blesses His enemies. You should live in such a way that when people look at you, they don't really see you, they're seeing Christ. They're seeing God living through you. And so if God gives to us that which is good, and He blesses us, therefore, whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. God wants you to see His goodness and shine that light to others. And so really all of this passage is wrapped up in one thing. The goodness of our Heavenly Father. And the goodness of our Heavenly Father ought to cause us to pray with confidence. The goodness of our Heavenly Father ought to cause us to trust that His will will be done. And the goodness of our Heavenly Father ought to cause us to show that same love and kindness and blessing to others around us. It all comes back to Him and who He is. Now we started this message today, and I started by challenging you, and myself by the way, on our actual faith. Are we really believing what God has said? And so as we consider that, I want to ask you this. Is it possible that our lack of faith, that for instance would cause us not to pray, is it possible that it's actually a lack of understanding of who God is? Jesus said, if you can understand the love of a parent, you're maybe starting to get into a, a glimpse into how God the Father cares for you. And friend, today can I just encourage you, if you want your faith to grow, get your eyes on the Lord. Start looking at who He is, His character, His nature. What is He like? How does He interact with us? And as you start to understand who God is, the result of that should be your faith will grow and your confidence will grow. It should affect your prayer life. It should affect the way that you see and treat other people because God is good.